This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get busy. Topics worthy of discussion. The panel has assembled, and uh, we do have many topics worthy of discussion. Brought to you by Pizzaville, pound 3636. Joining us in studio, as she does every Friday, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and the former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. Good afternoon, Sherry. Good afternoon, John. Always a pleasure. Likewise, John Capobianco, Senior VP, Senior Partner, National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. How's John? John is great, and it's a sunny, warm day today here in Toronto. <laughs> oh, is it? Where you been? Tuck, 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 all things being relative. <laughs> Michael Giles, rounding out the panel, government for 30 years, federally, provincially, and municipally. How's Michael? I'm very good. First day I drove here today in a long time without the headlights on, so sunny, <laughs> sunny ways are here. Sunny ways indeed, right. Uh, might be literal, but alternatively uh, speaking, <laughs> Uh, it seems to be a damper put on the sunny ways. But, you know, it's interesting as we follow this SNC-Lavalin scandal, you know, it seems like things start to take shape. And I don't know if that's because some of us are susceptible to the spin from various quarters or whatever. But as I'm reading it now, the liberals seem like they're positioning it as certainly a he said, she said. Justin Trudeau saying, well, uh, that's not the way uh, I would characterize the remarks or that's the way she mischaracterized whatever he said. It was about characterize the remarks. And some of the liberals are positioning it as, well, we saw her as a colleague, a justice minister, whereas she saw herself as the attorney general wearing two hats concurrently, and she is sworn as the AG to uphold the law, not to uh, be susceptible to political interference or any such ministrations by uh, her colleagues in that regard. But as a justice minister, they figured, hey, yeah, we're just having open, frank discussions, debate, and so on and so forth, so no harm, no foul. John Capobianco, do you think that's going to sell in the court of public opinion? Absolute hogwash. i got to tell you, that is just craziness. Um, for them to even think that or suggest that is is just uh, beyond me because we're talking about the highest level of people here. Like, we're not talking about, you know, a backbench MP who might not understand the difference between a minister of justice or an attorney general. You're talking about chiefs of staff. You're talking about the uh, clerk of the Privy Council. You're talking about ministers, uh, chiefs of staff. It's, it's at the highest level, John, and you would expect them to know the difference. And not only that, but but apparently the former attorney general actually told them that she can't entertain these discussions, that they can't be political. So not if, so if there was any sense of I might not know the difference between the two, um, she was very clear in letting them know that you can't cross that boundary. And in fact, I, as the attorney general, am not going to cross that boundary. So more than anything, I think this, is, this government is getting into trouble if they get into the he said, she said, because I think Canadians, by and large, are putting more stock in her and her credibility and the way she testified and the fact that she's got text messages and, and things that were documented that were said over the course of the last little while that I think most people are saying, I believe her and not them. Well, then that obviously ups the ante for come the midweek. Uh, Jerry Butts is going to be their star witness trying to run interference for the liberal narrative. How do you think that's going to go, Sherry? Will that actually help or hurt the Liberals? One of the comments on social media was, finally, a white man gets to speak. (laughs) I mean, really, uh, like, this is going to make a difference. Um, And and to back up the lens a little bit, I think, you know, what's uh, what's being missed here, too, is this is about government contracts for SNC-Lavalin, a company with lengthy criminal records. So this is all about protecting. I mean, so, I mean, there's a whole other layer there that, that hasn't even been talked about, really, in the press. 
this so much. Um, and of course, uh, you know, John's absolutely right. I mean, in the court of public opinion, uh, nobody's going to take his word over hers now, especially when it's not just his word and hers. It's 11 people over a prolonged period of time. And it is an anomaly in Canadian politics. You've got the justice minister political role, you know, merged with the attorney general. Um, and we can talk about whether that's appropriate or not. But the bottom line is this was about a case. This was about ruling in a case. And at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's it's pretty nasty. And I actually think I'm going to revise my opinion about this. I think this is much more damning to the liberal brand and the liberal government and to Pierre's son um, than I thought it was before. Well, all right, because it continues to fester or it's got legs, as they say. And this is why I'm wondering, you know, Jerry Butts will expose himself come Wednesday and uh, whatever he says, is there any way he can mitigate the damage, Michael, or is this going to exacerbate the problem? Well, it, the whole he said, she said argument is not a good one for the the, uh, the prime minister or anyone else in the government to be taking because, quite frankly, if it comes down to he said, she said, most people are going to go with she said. Um, having said that, you know, we're going to see what Jerry Butts does next week. I, I You know, I, when reading his letter, to, you know, Keep in mind, he wasn't asked to come to the committee. He asked to go to the committee. So obviously, he's going to be their point person on this. What I find interesting is in the, in the uh, letter that where he requested to come before the committee, he made a reference to the fact that he needed time to assemble documents. If he goes into that committee and personally starts to attack uh, Judy Wilson-Raybould, or Jody, he's in trouble. It's not going to work. So the only way he can get to her is through some kind of documentation that in some way undermines or undercuts the testimony she has made because he can't do it personally. And so I note the idea of documents. What is it going to be? I mean, I, we, we could speculate all day here. Is it texts and emails where maybe she was talking about this when she shouldn't have been or or that she looked like she was open to this and that she's not open to it? We don't know. We have no idea. But the fact that he's showing up with documents does open the door to the possibility, at least, that there's going to be some kind of, uh, if not necessarily effective, but at least some kind of reasonable effort to push back on what she has said. Because right now, the only narrative we have really is, is hers. And, and next week, that's not going to be the case. And we don't even have her complete narrative. I mean, that was uh, stopped during, yeah, as long as she was the AG. And as soon as that cabinet shuffle came down, uh, she couldn't speak beyond that, as she testified the other day. I'm just wondering if there's another shoe to drop, Of course John. there is. And, and again, you know, like this is, this is, you know, everybody knew what happened before she spoke. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows <clears throat> what the next shoe is. And that is that she was booted from her position because of her stance. I mean, Do you think there's a smoking gun? You uh, are, uh, actually? Uh, absolutely. Everybody knows that's the case. Um, it, it would, it's bizarre. It would be absolutely absolutely bizarre and unthinkable if it weren't. So, I mean, again, do we need to hear her say it? It will, maybe, but we all know it to be true. And I think uh, there's obviously, with with Gerald Butts coming on board now and suggesting that he wants to talk, and, and, and he's got every right to do that, and I'm sure the committee will will be more than accepting of his, uh, of his testimony or what he wants to say and has to say, but it also smacks of sort of political damage control. It shows that 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 you know her testimony as as riveting as it was um and it literally was a split screen between Cohen in the US and and you know and Judy Wilson Raybould in, in here in Canada but um I think what's going to happen is that you're going to probably hear from Gerald Butts come back and say look at here's exactly what we did and what we said so it's that it's still that campaign that they're going to they being the liberal establishment or the the prime minister's team are going to try to say we didn't put a pressure it's going to it's going to come down to the definition of pressure uh, and undue pressure because she did say that it wasn't illegal and when asked the question 
you think it was there was a criminal act? And she says, well, no, I don't think it was a criminal act, but it was very inappropriate. And I think it's going to come down to that, and they're going to try to force the issue more on, hey, we were doing our jobs and trying to make that sure. She wasn't sure what was going on. And I think when they get into that space uh, and trying to discredit her, John, I think that's where the, uh, they're going to start losing some votes. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because, again, it's all playing out right now in the court of public opinion. Now, whether or not it meets the standard for uh, obstruction is the real litmus test. Uh, Is there enough documentation to support that contention? The RCMP, some accounts say they're already starting to investigate and securing cell phones and uh, text messages and things like that. They don't want somebody scrubbing computers again, uh, as is the liberal (laughs) way. Who would have done that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, but, you know, and then you've got the five uh, former attorneys general, Mm. Peter McKay, uh, federally, and, uh, well, and there's uh, Doug Lewis as well, and I guess three provincial attorneys general, Writing a letter to the RCMP imploring them to investigate this, I mean, this is pretty serious stuff, obviously, if these guys are weighing in, or what is that? Is that all naked politics as well? well I think to some degree there's naked politics there. I mean, if we look who signed it, uh, you know, I watched Erwin Kotler this morning on television talking, and, and uh, you know, he was a former attorney general, and he's, he was very, you know, lucid and straightforward and right to the point, and, you know, he said right out that the attorney general's role should be separated from from Minister of Justice, all that kind of thing. Having said that, yeah, I mean, I, Andrew Shear wrote a letter to the the RCMP as well. You know, the, the standard in a court of law is much different than the standard in a court of public opinion. You know, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Is there is there evidence there? And even the, uh, Jody wilson Rabel says there wasn't. If there's evidence there that would establish beyond a reasonable doubt that they broke the law, I don't think so. What we've heard so far, unless we hear something else, I don't think it's there. So the court of public opinion is probably where this is going to be decided. And quite frankly, in terms of politics, that's probably more important in terms of, uh, you know, Government's getting elected, not yeah. getting elected, then court of you know a court of law. So that's where it's going to be played out. Or the liberals think they can ride it out. I mean, there's going to be a hiatus now of three weeks, yeah. and they think it's disappearing, but I doubt it will. Andrew Shear on this program yesterday, uh, they're loaded for bear. They're coming back full tilt in three weeks' time. The other thing is that uh, it's now being intimated that. Uh, this deferred prosecutorial agreement may still be extended to SNC-Lavalin now that uh, Lametti is the AG and Justice Minister. And I'm thinking, if they were given one at this stage, how does that play in the court of public opinion, Sherry? Uh, not well, not well at all. And here's here's the thing. I mean, it's uh, th- when they brought in that that rule, there wasn't a lot of objection politically, quite frankly, um, to have that uh, alternative uh, uh, judicial process. Uh, but still, I mean, you could still do that if you, if really what you wanted to do was just about jobs, which is their spin uh, and saving jobs. That you could still do that and go after all of the CEOs. Like you could still do that and put them all in prison. Uh, it'll be interesting to. See See what they do. I mean, I, I just can't. I mean, that would be, you know, they've already completely yeah, but uh, if destroyed you put the CEOs, all of the higher ups into, uh, let's say, the bin, uh, doesn't uh, actually change the fact that they would be barred from uh, bidding on contracts federally for well, 10 like, years. Well, again, to, to my initial point was, you know, we should be looking at that anyway. Why are we giving federal contracts? Uh, you know, contracts to a company that's mired in in criminal proceedings. I mean, I I, I think that's problematic. And uh, again, wherever that name is mentioned, SNC Lavalin, uh, the the liberal brand is going to take a hit. So my suspicion is that you know whatever they're going to do, they're going to try to get them off the news, and they're trying to get the whole issue off the news. And I think SNC Lavalin would be in agreement with that too. Um, well, here's so a real I, issue. So truly, it's going to be. I think Michael's right. 
is truly going to be the court of public opinion. It's not going to be a criminal case. Well, we're, I don't think it meets the test there. All right, but in the yeah. court of public opinion, which, again, perception becomes reality and people vote. I mean, and this is really what it's all about, too, if you really drill down on it. It's about the votes. It's the votes in Quebec. And that was said in the testimony by Jody Wilson-Raybould. Justin Trudeau reminded her he's an MP from Papineau. We've got a, this provincial election in Quebec was two weeks hence from when they had that discussion, October 1st. Uh, and it's about jobs in Quebec and understanding the place that SNC-Lavalin plays in the firmament of Quebec culture, not just corporate culture. Uh, and that's what it's all about. But contrast that with the way they've sort of been uh, very, very laggard or uh, really, you know, disregarding everything happening in Alberta. That's really, uh, again, a strike point here. And even in central Canada and Ontario, people have taken notice. Well, and that's that's the other challenge, John. I think which is which is that whole regional disparity issue with respect to all the attention on Quebec versus what's happening in in Alberta with the pipelines and the oil um, issues. But I think though, and and I don't fault SNC Lavalin. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't fault them for lobbying. It's their job. It's it's a corporation. It's their job to go to government and sort of fight and protect for their own business interests. I don't blame them. I don't blame the lobbyists for doing their job. And apparently, from all sounds of it, they've all done their jobs properly and registered and everything else uh, from that perspective. Um, but but what I do blame, and I, in full disclosure, I'm a lobbyist as well, not for SNC-Lavalin, but I am a lobbyist. But I, So I understand the whole issue of making sure it's all registered and everything's above board. But the issue here, I think, is... And you saw it from the Quebec media and the Quebec, uh, when they do man-on-the-street interviews in Quebec, they're all supporting of the government. This is all about jobs and saving uh, saving uh, this Quebec company. But where they where they really screwed up was with respect to just mis, mis or under, underestimating or misplacing their their trust with uh, with uh, Judy Wilson-Raybould. I think that was the issue when they beca- when it became us against her. They made a huge mistake and they 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 completely misunderestimated her um, her ability to be able to uh, to fight back and, and the change. And then for her, for them to change her her, her portfolio, ministerial portfolio, and that's going to come out now. She said in her testimony that she wasn't able to speak about that particular phase. That part of it wasn't uh, waived uh, for her. Um, but you got to believe the opposition are now saying to to the government and everybody else, we want we want to be able to hear exactly what happened in those conversations because what we all believe happened is was ha- was happened and she got demoted because of it. All right. Well, that's the other shoe to drop, as we alluded to mm-hmm. earlier. I want to come back and uh, talk about other judicial processes, including the Canadian Civil. Civil Liberties Association pursuing an appeal on the grounds that the Ford's government, Ford government's uh, approach to the sex ed curriculum is uh, discriminatory against marginalized people. In a moment, we'll pursue that topic worthy of discussion and many more with the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, John Capobianco, and Michael Giles on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. This is why we are at a, at a crisis at the very heart of our democracy. The Prime Minister doesn't have the moral authority to continue. He needs to resign. You're Thank here, you. Here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.